When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to It's Tricky with Raquel Harper. So what's tricky? What does that mean? Oh, let's camera roll. We have comedian Michael Blackson um, Afri- from Africa, recently became a citizen of the United States. He's funny. He's been a comedian probably for over 30 years now. We talk about his relationship with his fiance. He's newly engaged. We talk about his sex situation. He, um, Him and her are going back and forth about marriage because they have an open relationship. The fiancé doesn't want him basically spending extra money and time with the girls. He just, She just wants them to bang him and leave. He wants to bang him and for them to chill and be a part of their lifestyle. So he has uh, multiple other women that he's sleeping with while engaged, over six. Then on top of that, we go into the—he's also a religious person. So I said, you can't mix religion and sex. Good grief. It's pretty crazy. But then he also talks about Kevin Hart, Will Smith. He said that if he was Will Smith, he would sue—I sue, mean, if he was Chris Rock, he would sue for $100 million. Michael Blackson was in Miami um, in the car in his Uber, okay? A- A.K.A. He probably had a driver, but he's telling me Uber just to be funny. But he was in his Uber, so he kept on loss in reception. It was a, bit, a little bit staticky throughout the interview. But you have to listen, though, because it's insane and it's crazy and it's juicy, and it's honestly, he's breaking all kind of tea about himself that's unreal. And it just, honestly, you just have to listen to this conversation of a mind frame of somebody who literally is engaged in banging six girls. So today we have on It's Tricky, the funniest man in Philadelphia, arguably, right? You know, um, mother, mother sucker, Michael Blackson. I'm in the building. What's going on? In the building. You seem so look. You see, you better turn up. I'm in the building. What's going on? With your cool shades I, on I, and stuff. I, I'm in Miami right now. Um, I mean, I'm on tour, and this is the last week of the tour. So we do Miami tonight. I mean, tomorrow night, and then we in Tampa. And then Jacksonville, then back to Miami for a second show because we just sell them out everywhere we go. Oh, excuse me. Pop uh, your collar one time, all right? <laughs> so what's happening with um, the tour? So who's on the tour with you? Um, we got DC Young Fly. We got Lil Duval. We got D-Ray Davis. And then we have uh, the rest of the guys from the 85 South podcast, which is Carlos Miller and Chico Bean. Oh, it's a new guy named Ron Black. He's an upcoming... Um, guy that opens up the tour. Okay, and who's the funniest person on the tour? Uh, I am, of course. Oh, you are, huh? Um, how do I you... am, yeah. <laughs> and how do you know, um, how do you know they're not out um, making um, jokes more than you? Um, let me see. I mean, I'm not just a veteran in the game, but I'm also... You know, um, I'm also hip to the young crowd as well. You know, so I can entertain almost every age from 
the teenagers all the way to people that are in their 50s and 60s. You know, I've been doing this for a very long time. And uh, and like I said, I try to do things where the adults were watching. I try to do stuff for the younger adults. You know, you'll catch me on Wildin' Out and you'll catch me in the movie Coming to America 2 with Eddie Murphy. So I'm all over the place. Because of that, you know, I keep my audience, I keep all audience, and therefore I can, you know, pretty much entertain. My material is good enough for almost everybody. And that's why I think I'm probably the um, the best one on the tour. Okay. So uh, since you're the best one on the tour, um, from basically, you know, you also claim Philly as well, you know, a lot. So for Philly, right? Yes. Um, you, Will Smith... Kevin Hart, who's the best? As, as far, far as far. being funny. I, I still think I'm the best comedian. I think I'm the funniest. I'm not, obviously, I'm not the most popular. I'm not the most famous. Funniest. Will Smith, of course, is the most, fun, is the most famous one of all. Kevin Hart is second place. And I'm third. But I think I'm, as far as straight, hardcore comedy, I think I'm number one in Philadelphia. <laughs> in the history. In the history of Philadelphia, and you just froze. I'm using I'm using African Wi-Fi. We have your boot. We have Michael Blackson on bootleg Wi-Fi, real quick. Um, he's on the Metro PCS phone, so excuse me. I apologize for this right now. <laughs> he well, he he's rich well, as hell. Well, he lives well, in Hollywood well, Hills, but yet he has Metro PCS. So we gonna try this out. Still, you know. He probably got low key got I it from bet. the, huh? All my calls, all my Zoom calls have to go through Africa before it comes back. So yeah. Africa intercepted sometimes, and then the reception go bad. But I'm good now. Okay, yeah, all right. So um, I'm glad they went through Africa. You're probably getting taped right now because you just became a U.S. citizen. So you know, <laughs> they're probably making sure the process is going well. After 30 some years, they finally made me a citizen. Um, and now I feel like I have rights. I can do whatever I want now. Because when you're not a citizen, you're on like a really close watch on everything you do because you could easily be deported for anything. I mean, I wasn't doing, I've never been doing nothing illegal. You know, I just talk a lot of crap and, you know, and just roast people and make fun of everybody. But now I have rights to make fun of everything from government to this person, that person. And not get in trouble. I'm American. <laughs> so when you first became a citizen, um, what did you do? What was your first stop of um, you becoming a citizen? Well, How did you celebrate? What was your first celebration move? Well, I, I tried to take advantage of the American dream. I tried to get on welfare, but they told me I made too much money. <laughs> did you go um, fill out some paperwork at the um, county building real quick and just say, hey... I I went to the welfare office. I said, hey, I'm an American. I need Section 8. I need some WIC checks for my kids. I am, I need some money. But you don't got no kids. I have kids. How many kids? Well, my, my youngest are twin boys that are 15 years old, so they're not babies anymore. But I try to take advantage of the American system, but it's like, hey, according to our system, you, you make too much money. You, you, you fat. You don't pay more taxes. You, we need your money. But for, um, okay, so wait, when you became a citizen, though, so the first thing you did was, besides go to the county building, what else did you do? Well, when I became a citizen, that's the first thing I tried. I tried, I, I went and got the free Obama phone. 
And, <laughs> I can tell. Um, Obamacare. I got everything. I got all the Obama everything, <laughs> including this phone. So you, um, for the show, what did you get out of being on the show with couples? I mean, I learned a lot about compromising, you know. Um, you know, compromising was nothing that was in my vocabulary. I didn't know how to compromise. I was just pretty much doing whatever I wanted to do, you know. And when I got engaged, I said to myself, you know what? I got to compromise. I can't just be doing whatever I want. You know, when you're in a relationship, you got to come together with the partner and come to some kind of agreement, you know, that way everybody's happy. So I learned how to compromise and also communications. And something else I learned about being on couples retreat is learning how to communicate. I've been very bad with communicating. What so what's your, I usually. What do you normally do for communication if you're in a relationship? You know, I, I, for some reason, I just, I, I never open up. I, I'm not a person like to open up. You know, I, it's, just, it's, just, it's part of that whole African blood in us where the men are like really stern. They don't do much talking. They just expect things to go their way, you know. And, and now I'm learning that, you know, that's not how things go. You have to communicate. You have to open up the partner, you know. And I'm just, I'm being more open. And I'm, all of this is very new to me because I'm just used to just have doing things my way and having my way. You know, and now I'm, I'm learning uh, how to communicate and, you know, because my legs are too damn, now I have to, like, join in on talking. So you and your um your girl, right, you guys been together for now how long? We've been together three and a half, a little over three and a half years now, something like that. Three and a half years we've been together. Uh, we've been engaged since, uh, I think we got engaged July of, Last year, it'll be um, actually going on. Um, it's going on a year since we've been engaged. Um, it's going good. It's been a learning process, you know. It hasn't been, you know. It's like anything, you know. When two different people get together, you have to find a way of um, making things work. You know, like I said in my previous previous relationship, I didn't communicate much. You know, I did what I wanted to do. I For was your- not. For, wait, for your previous relationship, right? So uh-huh. would you say that you're a worse uh, man to who you're with now? What do you mean, the worst man? No, like you were, you treated her way worse than you do your new love, like your new um, fiancé. Uh, no, I wouldn't say worse. I was just not an honest person. I didn't tell the truth because I, you know, I, I cheated a lot all the time, you know? I... Whenever I was on the road, I always, you know, I have I pretty much had a woman like almost everywhere, and then I cheated. But I was being honest, you know. And now I've I've decided to just to be honest, to be an honest person. And sometimes when you're honest, you never know. You know, your lady, you know, could not accept you for being a woman. Rather, a woman want an honest man. They hate people sneaking behind their back and lying and doing this and that. So I just learned to be honest and. You'd be surprised if you're an honest person. You'd be surprised what you you'll get, or what your woman will allow you, or what she'll give you. You know, at the end of the day, a woman is just want to be told the truth. She want a man that's honest. So you basically, you guys came out and she said, I bre- I guess like she lets you cheat once a month, type of deal. Like you have a side chick once a month. Yeah, um, and I mean prior to us. 
becoming a couple and we just started, you know, seeing each other. I was, she knew I was sleeping wherever I went into. I had like probably five, six other girls I was seeing. And it, it was times where I would bring them over with her. We had threesomes, you know. Um, and there were times where I spent time alone with those girls. But when we got to, when we decided to be a couple, you know, she said, okay, Mike, you know, you've been having your fun. Let's compromise. You can't just be out here doing whatever you want, being in a relationship with me. You know, I will allow you to have once a month. But our biggest argument to today is um, I personally would prefer once a month I see a person that I'm used to, a person that I know and I'm comfortable with. She more like, you know, go out there, find a groupie, get over with, don't call her again. So that's our biggest argument to today. Well, she's and, not, but she's never worried about like um, anything as far as like, you know, like sexual transmitted diseases or anything from yeah, yeah, running course. a system like that? No, well, no, no. She, oh, definitely. I mean, she wanted to wrap it up, of course. But me personally, I don't, I'm not, I don't want the groupie thing. I don't want going to a city, meet some strange woman, bring her to my room. Anything is possible, from robbery to murder to taking, putting my pictures online, anything. Whatever I fall asleep next to some weird lady and I wake up and then every, my penis is online. Who knows? Anything is possible. That's why I prefer spending my once a month with women I'm familiar with. Okay. So, so we agreed, we finally agreed to that because I told her it wasn't safe, me being I was grabbing a groupie from a city that I don't know, you know, but her thing is that she wants, she don't want me to entertain these women. If I'm going to go out and, and see a woman that I'm used to, don't be out in public with her. Don't take her out to eat. Don't, you know, she want me to keep it more like secretly. If they're going to come and see me in my place, they come and see me and then get some mutumbo and then go home. Oh, well, I, that under, that's understandable. I guess that's why she's probably with you because, you know what I'm saying, she, you saying that you don't prefer the groupies, you're going to hit the same ones. But then the problem is, though, that you could also be in a relationship with them as well because if they're still getting knocked down once a month, then it's not like you're secluded and you're not really in a relationship. So this whole fiancé thing, to me, though, it seems that, um, you know, it's an open marriage, of course. It will have to be if you get married, because you're still going to be knocking down the ones that you've been knocking down for years. So what's right. the point? But Mike, real quick though, what is the yeah. point of getting married then if you, like, what's the point of having a union if you're still going to have a union with a bunch of other people? I mean, I don't, I don't know if it's once a month, but it, it would be once a month the same. I mean, I'm probably going to rotate about six people once a month, you know, so it's not the oh, same. Oh, shit. <laughs> you said you're rotating six with once a month? Yeah, it's not the okay. same person. It's look at it as a relationship. Okay, so then let's be honest. I mean, you, wait, no, Michael, do you, do you really okay. consider yourself engaged then if you're rotating six other girls within once a month time? I mean, I was doing a lot worse than that. I've, I've compromised. How do you have that much energy? You're getting a little bit older. I think I thought at a certain age that you start running out of a little bit of energy. Yeah, I'm African. <laughs> And they have kids at 70 years old, okay? My mutombo is still working fine. And I mean, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not 
banging these ladies for an hour. I mean, they're getting a great 15 minutes, the best 15 minutes of their time. Of their- <laughs> Seriously. No, sorry, my bad. <laughs> you got a hot 15, uh, and, and, you're, and you're probably pushing 15. You're probably hitting them with the five piece, and then, <laughs> depending on which one she is. <laughs> uh, 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 I'll, I'll give them a good 15. Okay. You know? <laughs> so in real life, though, like, let's be honest. So you're, So the engagement more so, you just gave her a ring pretty much just so she can feel that she's a special one. But, exactly. but in general, you're going to have five other special ones as well. They're not special, not like her, you know. They, they, they are just, they, and they know, they know Ryder is the queen, and you know, they just, at the end of the day, they enjoy my company as well, you know. So, but it, at the end of the day, if she's a queen, though, if she's a queen, then you wouldn't have to supplement five others for the if you just have the one piece. Yeah, but I'm, I'm saying that's my thing. <laughs> as men. It's our biggest problem is infidelity. We, I'm going to snitch on the men out there, but I'm telling you, it's probably like 10% men that are faithful, okay? And I'm just being an honest cheater. I mean, that is, honestly, though, I respect you for that. I think that, you know, most men are sneaky as fuck, and they're, you know, will sit here and try to trick you and have you think that you're the special one and only, right? While they're popping everything moving? You know, so I think there actually needs to be more men like you who will be in a situation to tell you, hey, guess what? I'm going to be loose. I'm about to bang a whole bunch of other honeys. And if you want to be, if you want to get banged the most, I'm going to let you get banged the most. But she's going to get it and she's going to get it and she's going to get it. Because at least you'll know where you stand. So I can respect that from you, you know what I'm saying, that at least that you can be willing and letting people know, like, hey, I'm Rada, you know what I'm saying, like, I'm out here on a good one, and this is where we stand at. It's, it's, it's up to the woman to pretty much accept that. And how many more kids do you plan on having? Um, I mean, my youngest are 15. Um, I, the thing about it, I've thought about kids, you know, if it happens, it happens. I'm not trying to have them, you know. But the way things are going on in America, I really don't know if I want kids in America. Well, you just became a citizen. Yeah, I mean, I want American kids, you know. The kids, Americans are just, American kids are just, it's just something in this air that's, as soon as they come out the womb in the air, they just turn really bad. So, so what, I, I so don't you, know what I want. But what do you mean by that? Like, as far as American kids, that they just turn out bad? Like, what? like go go through that. Explain that a little better because that sounds just like, okay, you you waited for thirty something years to become American, and now right. you're saying that you don't want American kids. I said, where I'm from, we are disciplined from an early age, and not just your parent discipline you, just your whole environment. You know, so kids coming from Africa definitely, um, you know, they're they're raised differently. And, you know, from, I think the most important thing is respect. And then we learn respect from a very young age. Respect every adult, you know, every adult. I don't care whether they're your parents or not. We just learn. And if I'm going to have kids, and, and I told her that, I said, if you have my kids, you have to go to Africa and have my kids. Because if not, if I'm going to have any more kids, they're going to be born in 
in West Africa somewhere. You know, I'm, I can't see myself raising my kids because, I mean, I have younger kids and these kids have talked back and I've never talked back to my mom. Even till today, in my age, in my 40s, I still would not talk back to my mother. It's just a respect that is ingrained in us from, from birth. You know, and that's but you have part. but but your younger kids though definitely since you've been here over thirty years they're they're American right American yes I mean in in my kids have talked back to me my oldest one you know just they don't listen and I'm like I don't and it, it just is the environment you know but and, isn't it isn't it more so about how you raise them because if you raise them for certain qualities then that's what they'll learn but if you didn't raise them for those qualities then that's what they won't do so I mean I you know. You, as parents, we're not always with the kids. The kids still have to go to school. They still have to go hang with their friends. They still have to go out and, and work and do whatever they're doing. So it's the environment, you know. Um, and we can't discipline the kids. I'm not saying, go, I'm, you know, I've never put my hands on any of my kids ever. I don't even believe in that, you know. Um, I'm that type of father that, like, I give my kids freedom. But me just being, a, being from being a kid, my mother never had to tell me what to do because I just knew to do the right thing, you know, and that's just because of where I came from. And unfortunately, you know, kids here are just, just different and it's just scary. And I, will, I don't think I'm ready to have any more kids in America. So for your fiance, then basically you're just pretty much not going to have any kids with her unless she goes and moves to Africa. Well, she's, uh, I mean, she's been... Married and divorced, and she has her own kids. So nobody needs, we don't, and like I said, if it happens, it happens. If it, uh, if it doesn't happen, it's not a big deal. But if it do happen, I will probably say, hey, let's go raise them somewhere else, you know? And you've waited 33 years to be American I'm sure, like, I've, just to leave. Just to leave and raise, I mean, for the sake of my kids, you know, not for me. I'm all, I can't, I'm already who I am, you know? Um, and discipline is what got me where I am today, you know. So I would like to see my kids, I, even if I have them here, I would take them abroad and let it go to school abroad and then we come back at an age where they understand that, you know, they understand respect and understand, you know, how to stay away from bad things. You know, I could see that. I could see my, maybe I have them here that way they could be American because it's the greatest country in the world. You know, there's a everybody would would die to be a citizen of America. So yes, okay, maybe I'm, I will have my kids here, but now maybe I'll take them somewhere else and let them go to school and let them let them get that discipline, and then maybe come back when they're an adult, you know, and um, maybe eighteen or whatever, and and then at least I know that they will be they already learn everything they need to know to survive and be respectful and and be great adults. Do you feel like you failed with your other kids as a father? Nah, they failed. Them, them, them niggas feel that they failed me as kids. <laughs> I didn't fail as a father. You know, my thing is, um, I don't, if my kids, don't get wrong, my, you know, my, my youngest ones, their mother did a very good job with them. You know, uh, my oldest son who moves to Cali with me, one listen, just he was just, that's why I think the most important thing sometimes you have to really know who you're having kids with. 
that's very important because you don't know what's in their gene. You don't know what type of person they are, what type of, you know, you can't just have kids with anybody because you might have a different heart. This person could be, because everything is hereditary most of the time. Yes, it's, it's also important how you raise a kid and all of that, but you could raise, but sometimes it's something is ingrained in kids that's hereditary, whether, you know, um, yeah, well, personality. Murder. But how do you know that? You, how how do you know it's not? It's, it's it's your baby mama's fault. How do you know it's not you? I mean, my side of the family, we've been, we've never had any issues, you know. Um, and I think, and you know, it, sometimes you know, and, and you start to realize later, like my guys start realizing their mom, you know, no disrespect to the mothers of you know any other kids, whatever, but. You know, you you start to see traits of where this stuff came from because it didn't come from me. I was a very humble kid. I listened. I went to school and I yeah, but- I studied and I learned. I did everything. I never did drugs. Never got high. Never did any any of that stuff. You know, but so then, I know it didn't wait, come from my then, side, my blood. Well, no, Michael, no, that's not true because it could be a situation though that if you didn't teach them the right doings, then that's why they could run to that situation and that system. You know what I'm saying? Like if you if you are that then if you ingrain that in your kids, then that's what could have happened as well. But if you didn't show them that, then of course it's different ways that they'll come out. That's just how it really goes. And I like think. I said, you also have this environment. But sometimes it's also this environment that they are in, you know, their friends, their peer pressure, who to hang with. You know, kids are very, America is a very influential place so easily. You know, um, so yeah, like I said, it has a lot to do with where where they are raised. A lot. Uh, don't get it wrong. Parents do have fifty percent of that. You know, parents are definitely fifty percent responsible, but the other fifty percent is their environment. I mean, it's true, but sometimes you can do your best with a kid, though, and no matter what you do, they may still turn and be a whole different way. I mean, some I know some parents don't smoke, drink, nothing, and their kids have never seen that yet, but they want to go get, you know, high as a giraffe's ass. Like, it just okay. happens, you know what I'm saying? So sometimes you just really cannot change that system no matter what you do and what you show them because everybody, once they reach a certain age, is going to do their certain own thing. But... Back to what I was thinking about, um, you know, you used to always preach about, like, you know, how much you are crazy about black women and all that type of stuff, right? What made you um, not go with a black woman anymore and change that? Because before, you used to always make jokes and how you would never be one who would basically not date outside your race. Now, you know, of course, you have a woman who's not a black woman and you switch it up, and then you're you always do a lot of praises to your woman, you know, coming from a different stance of how you used to be, and always used to praise black women that you would only be with black women. Um, I, I don't really recall too much saying I would only be with a black woman. Don't get it wrong, and I I think the black women are the sexiest, the prettiest, the most natural, and you know, the thing with Ryder. I think was more of a foreign type of thing. I mean, I think what me and I have in common is she came from a third world country just like me, you know. I guess for 30 cents a day, you could feed her too, just like you could fed me for 30 cents a day. 
So I think that was what pretty much what we had in common. It was more of that foreignness where we are both was not from this country, you know. Um, and don't get wrong, my, I mean, my relationship, most, most of my relationships, man, with beautiful black women. I mean, my ex was like the baddest black woman ever. You know, and the one before that was just as dark as me and me and her did it in eight years on and off. Um, you know, when it, you kind of like date what you see, what you start to see the most. Mm. You know, um, I, had, I spent a lot of time in Vegas. All right. And, you know, and you go to and I hung out a lot in Vegas. When you hang Vegas, you kind of like... Just like, you know, people would complain, I was on prom, taking a white girl to prom. A lot of times it's what you are, if he goes to school with a bunch of white girls, he's going to go out with a white girl. Like LeBron James saying. These athletes in college. I said like LeBron James saying, you know, recently. Like that, you know, correct. Like LeBron James saying, that's that's probably the only type of girls that go to school. You know, you're kind of like, a, you, you date what's around you, you know? Um, and sometimes you never know. It's all about what makes you happy at the end of the day. You know, um, at that particular, when I did it, my ex who was a beautiful black woman. She was what made me happy at the time. And then, you know, your then when ex, I met though, Ryder, speaking, she, of, I, speaking of your ex, though, every time anything happens with you, your ex, Instagram always goes crazy. And they still always refer back to her anything. And she'd be like, why are y'all basically like coming to me about him? Like, I think he's in another relationship. And I always see her and Tori Hart. And, you know, she doesn't be commenting a lot, different things, you know. And so do you and her have communications? Are you still cool? Uh, We recently recently became cool because I think our relationship ended like a little bit on a sour note at one point. But then we're communicating and we cool. You know, I haven't been with, we broke up over like four years ago. And the thing about it, when I broke up with her, I did my best to avoid her because, you know, um, I think when you, when it's an ex, you become an ex. You have to, you know, and there's, there are times where I think, you know, she tried to lure me in a little bit and I just try to avoid it. I didn't, I, I stayed away and I'm like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to move on. You know, and but we found a way to be cool, you know. Um, you know, a lot of times people break up the ex and they back having sex with the ex. Ryder has not had, not Ryder, my ex has not had this mutumbo in over four years. And, and, you're, well, and, you're, and you're probably the one who misses it, not her. Miss what? I said, you, I said you're probably missing her, her, her baba since she hasn't had your mutumbo. <laughs> um... No, it just, you know, I just believe in, like, when you break up with somebody, just just move on, you know. Um, and, it's, you know, a lot of time we don't do that. We break up and then we get back and then we're back to the same problem. If things aren't going to work out and you can't come to some kind of um, mutual agreement, just move on. And the sex compl- um, complicates things all the time. So I, my biggest goal was to avoid sleeping back with her because for some reason, you know, I'm the type, you know, if I slept back with my ex, I felt like I had I had to go get back with her because I feel like guilty, you know, because she's she's a woman and emotional and you can't just go 
banging her, and then just go, you know, she she gave me the coochie because she probably expect y'all to come back together. Okay, you know, but so you, I, just, I mean, but but you have six others, you have six others plus your fiance. So what's the difference? Well, these ones they know they just get in some tumbo, and the fiance know about it, you know. And don't get it wrong, my girl is like Rada is, is a freak. Okay, she, you know, the thing about it, she has been. I mean, early in the relationship, she 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 didn't she she enjoyed watching me sleep with women. Oh, great. You know, she did. And in fact, I mean, when me all having sex, you know what, what makes her come? When when she when I tell her what I did with the last person. <laughs> oh, so no, okay. no, I mean, <laughs> oh, so she's in the whole <laughs> she's in a whole different ball game. <laughs> uh, you know what I'm saying? I don't I'm not gonna get my rocks off if my dude tells me how he hit another one. You know what I'm saying? I'm more so I don't even want to know. Yeah, so Rada she's... Rada gets her rocks off that way. Yeah, Rada's a different freaking league, clearly. <laughs> I see that's why you're having a fun time. <laughs> uh, for some reason, she said my mutombo is harder after I'm done sleeping with somebody else. You know, like a, a day later. For some reason, sex is better for us. So it's a sexual thing for her. She don't... She don't like it as much because she's in love and she's want me to herself. But sexually, she... she it does something to her. Your camera law. Okay. Well, yeah. I don't know what to say that's about that. I think that's, you yeah. know, that's, that's that's far out to me. But to yeah, each women, his own. People are feeling sorry for Rada, like as if, you know, I'm just this bad guy. No, Rada's a freak and she's in. Clearly, if she likes you, if she likes watching you knock, <laughs> get your rocks off from knocking somebody else down, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, then <laughs> you're never going to stop having a fun time on her. <laughs> Clearly. Because if you can go right now and get your rocks on and she's sitting there getting her rocks off by you beating somebody else's cakes, then obviously it's a tricky situation. Yeah. We just did. We just It just happened, what, about, a, what, two weeks ago probably. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, for your marriage, you're going to have an uncomplicated marriage, clearly. So when do you plan on getting married, Dor? We have, you know, originally when we got engaged, we picked was going to try to do it, um this summer, but then we ran into some complications on compromising on the whole side chick thing, how we're going to handle it, and then kind of like push the marriage back. We want to come to some kind of like a mutual agreement, and we still... Well, what's the mutual agreement? She's watching She's watching you whack other people. What is the agreement about? What do we have to really discuss? You getting your... I'm going I'm to go ahead and beat somebody else's cakes down real quick, and you're going to watch it whack off. Like, what is the problem? <laughs> <laughs> like where, where's where's the where's the complication part? <laughs> my thing is, you know, she don't want me to um, be out and showing these women a good time. Me, on the other hand, you know, if, if this will be my side chicks or whatever, I can't just go mistreating them, treating them like a piece of meat, just bang them and send them home. You know, can I at least feed the motherfuckers? You know what I'm saying? But she don't. She don't. She like, all right, well, call Uber Eats. We are still trying to figure Listen, this all out. Yeah, I mean, how- I don't think there's too much to figure out personally, <laughs> if you ask me. And she had just, you know what I'm saying, keep on doing a good job knocking somebody else down, and maybe she'll get more excited. I don't know. Like, <laughs> like what in the hell's going on here? You know what I'm saying? Um, Michael, you, you know, last time I interviewed you, 
You know, that's when you're with your ex. So clearly this is a totally different scenario. You know what I'm saying? Now you're just beating everybody down from left to right field. You know, you got your six deep and she's and she's watching knee deep like it's a it's a showtime movie. You know what I'm saying? Like, goddamn, we porn 101. <laughs> and, and it's and it's live. Actually, speaking of porn, have you guys thought about making sex tapes? Are we gonna see the Matumbo live? <laughs> No, we're not making no damn sex tape. We have children, okay? Oh, okay. Well, you know, the children, I mean, hell. <laughs> the if the what you got, you know what, Michael? <laughs> as far as the children go, that's good that you're off a of sex tape, but um when you're having gatherings of six and more, you know <laughs> when you're having gatherings of three and the and the kids wake up and there's two other naked bitches in the crib, clearly the the kids are used to an uncivilized world anyway. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you um yeah, you you guys are definitely a trip. Actually, speaking of which, um how um have you and Kevin Hart ran into each other recently? Uh at the um the, what you may call it at the old Staples Center, whatever it's called now. Something arena, whatever. I was at his show like by what, a couple of weeks ago I was at his show. We we talked for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, me and Kev are squash our beef. We good friends. You know, the thing about me and we, you know, I mean, me and this kid go way back, way back. From like the, you know, the mid we started out comedy in the mid-90s together. Yeah. You know, we just had a little stomping thing, what, about a couple of years ago. But besides that, you know, we squashed it. We good people. Who do you want to work with that you haven't worked with as far as comedy goes? Uh Chris Rock. In fact, we talked, um, you know, not too long ago, Chris Rock made a post saying that, hey, he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna write this movie starring him, Adam Sandler, Michael Blackson, and it was somebody else he mentioned, I forgot. Uh, I love to work with Chris Rock. He's probably been, you know, besides Eddie, I think Chris Rock was like my second favorite um, comedian. And of course, Dave Chappelle as well. I mean, um, Dave went to do something as well. I think between Chris Rock and Dave Chappelle, I feel like my mission will be accomplished. I mean, I've already worked with Eddie Murphy. I mean, it's life can't get any better than that, you know? So I think Chris Rock and Dave Chappelle would probably complete my dreams of being a comedian. And what would you feel about the Chris Rock and Will Smith situation then? Oh, uh, yeah. I, I mean, you know, it, it bothered me, man, you know? It, I mean, I, I felt for Chris Rock, I and mean, I'm so proud of him. He handled it like a real champion. I mean, so respect. I mean, I I lift my hat to that guy, man. You know, he's he just showed me what maturity was all about. Because I mean, the Oscar could have went a whole different story if if the New York would have came out of him. If the Brooklyn New York would have came out of him, <laughs> it would have been a whole different thing. It would been very, it would been embarrassing to the whole black culture. So you know, I like how Chris Rock handled it. Um, me personally, I would probably would have, you know, press charges. And then later on, I would have been suing the hell out of Will Smith. I mean, I would make sure Will Smith is so broke, he have to move back with his uncle and auntie in Bel Air. I'm done. <laughs> you're crazy as hell. And and you're pressing charges. But you're African. I'm proud I have to. Yeah, yeah. You have to. You're African. Well, I thought Africans, I, oh, you're I'm, American. Okay. Because the African normally, you know what I'm saying, whooping ass, huh? I, but the American, you American call him police. Oh, we sue. I'm suing. I'm suing 
and, and I, I have to make my case. I have to put my case together. So to, I can't go just soon without police report. So I'm like, hey, this guy punched me. Uh, we are not 20s anymore. You know, these people are grown. They are, they are both in their 50s. Nobody should be getting smacked in their 50s. <laughs> oh, okay. So at, at a certain age, you can't get smacked no more. No, nah, you can't be smacked. When you reach your, when you're in your 40s, it's very hard to heal. When somebody punch you, you gonna, you know, if, if you punch a 25 year old, he's gonna be okay in three hours. You punch a 50 year old, he's gonna be okay in about three months. You know, it takes <laughs> time to hit and repair. You can be punching before at that age. I'm so in your 40s. You know? In your 40s, you still should be allowed to have a little quick hands a little bit. You should still be able to have to have it. If you don't got it in your 40s, then Motembo's down. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> He's out of here. Fact, I'm, I'm not. I'm not getting paid. I would make more money. Just take. You have to be smart. Chris Rock was a smart one. Now he has control of everything. He could do whatever he wants now. He's like, you know what? Um, okay, now I feel like this thing is never gonna go away. I'm embarrassed for the rest of my life. I'm gonna go sue this guy for a hundred million dollars. I'm gonna sue the Oscar for a hundred million. He could do whatever he want. You know. I like how he handled it. He took his time to calm down to figure out what to do. Now he has control to do whatever he wants, you know. And I think Will Smith is just, just probably just like, oh my God, what's this guy going to do? Is he going to do something? Is he not going to do something? You know, so he's Will Smith probably the one that's nervous about what's going to happen. Because it's not over. It could be over. You could just say two tears in a bucket. Nah, Everything right doesn't now. always have to end up with a bunch of crazy things. And it's only, you know what? It was a smack. Michael, someone smacks you, you don't have to you be Takashi 6 9 him. You could just, you know what I'm saying? Just be like, damn, fuck it. I'm moving somebody, on my life. If somebody smacked in front of the whole world? Yeah. It wasn't at home. If they smacked was, you in front of the uh, world, you could just take the L. But Chris came back, sold out shows. Arena, you know what I'm saying? It's not like he he's having all kind of new deals. It's not like he got smacked and just went sour. Uh, that big Chris Rock, you should say Chris Rock gonna sell out dollars. You know, they just sold faster. That's all it is. You know, it just tickets went from selling. Usually, you know, our audience are usually like they'll buy tickets last week of the show. They probably just bought it a little earlier. It doesn't matter. He got embarrassed in front of the whole wide world. You know, that with his kids saw that his his friends, every the whole world is embarrassment. Mm. You know, somebody gotta pay for this. Somebody gotta pay. A hundred million dollars. Okay. To make everybody see I, at least I know you're tricky. So if anybody slaps your ass, you, right. you that's right. You smack me, you go on the court. <laughs> but what if he's broke as fuck and then he smacks you? What do you do then? That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not hanging out with broke people. I'm not going to allow broke men to smack me. Okay. So then, do you then does a then does a um the, the African come out then <laughs> if a broke one smacks you? Or you just sit there and just take it to the chin? Well, I mean, if broke one smack me, then I got to get my bodyguard or security somebody. Then he got to get you know we got to get beat up. But it won't be by me because then he gonna sue me because I got more money than him. But I mean, yeah. If if a broke guys hit me, then defense mode. You know, with whoever's around me, got to handle that. You know, I don't think as the artist, 
that's why I never understood why these rappers get to fight themselves. I'm like, get your entourage to do it. You know, at the end of the day, you can't go doing this yourself. You're, you know, so that's when my flunky or my body, whoever it is. You have I a couple a- flunkies? Well, that's not a great word to use, but so all the flunkies, you know, at least, at least that they know that right now, that the that that you hanging out with a couple of your homies who are flunkies, and so they, <laughs> <laughs> I think you know well, I, they're not going to be happy. Well, I'm saying rap, most rappers have flunkies. That's why I'm referring to. They have like twenty people hanging with them, and ten of them just hanging out. They're not working. They're not doing nothing. They're just there for the groupies. Those are the flunkies. I don't have much flunkies. I have like probably, you know, a bodyguard or maybe just uh, a couple of homies that come and hang out. I would expect them to do something. And if I got to bail them out, I'll bail them out. But I'm not physically physically about to do anything because they're going to, at the end of the day, they're going to sue Michael Blackson if I touch them. Uh, yeah, that's, I mean, you know what? Shit happens. You'd be like, hey, two tears in a bucket. Somebody hit me. Um, I ain't gonna be Chris Rock. I'll tell you that much. If it, so if you was like performing at the Oscars, somebody hit you, you you hit them back at the Oscars. Absolutely, knock the teeth out their damn mouth if I could. You ain't gonna sit here and just come up on me and just whoop my ass in front of the whole America. You crazy as hell. <laughs> but you know what? But the thing about it, you know what? How Will Smith? How he did it? He smacked him and then he turned his back. Now, once your back is turned and you're walking away. You're no longer a threat. So even if Chris Rock would have went back and hit him then, then Chris Rock would have been at fault. But you know what? When he turned his back, though, but when you can hit someone and then you just walk away, you already know they ain't about that life anyways. So it's already a situation because you won't be walking away. if you After you slap someone, you aren't just going to do such a calm walk away because you're already going to think that they already, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, you know what time it is. They're on go time. But if you can well, walk yeah. away after you hit them, then you already know that they don't have it in them. Well, Will, you know, Will Smith is bad. Will Smith is a superhero in every movie, okay? Chris Rock <laughs> is not a... MC Gusto, Pootie Tang, Pookie, okay? <laughs> Pookie cannot fight Mike Lowry from Bad Boys, okay? So <laughs> Mike Lowry was a bully. I mean, Gotta I wouldn't say he's a bully. I, I think he just said, hey... I bet you, I bet you ain't gonna talk about me again, type of situation. And here comes Quick Hands with it. But yeah, but now the whole world is talking about him. We, I mean, he's the whole Will Smith thing is 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 ten minutes of my act now, you know, because he's Chris Rock is a comedian. He's part of our family, and you beat up our family member. Now we gotta roast you for a long time. I'm, I will keep that. I'll make sure I keep that story relevant for a very long time. Oh, so now you added him to your act. Oh, Will Smith's in my act. Even the thing that happened with Dave Chappelle, you know, is every, it, it all, sometimes you try to think that, where did it start from? You know, did, was it like a, was he a copycatter? Was he trying to copy Will Smith? It's possible. Who knows? So now I always go right back to Will Smith. Anytime anybody, <laughs> if anybody got smacked anywhere on stage, anywhere in the world, it's going to go right back to Will Smith. Dang. I mean, at least he gave you good content. Yes, thanks for the content, Will Smith. <laughs> so um, I'm going to let you go. Um, okay. It's always fun talking to you. Your ass is crazy as hell. You crack me up, and you're real as fuck, at least. So, I mean, you can always get an extra bonus for that. You're your true self, and you're authentic. 
So I always appreciate having conversations with you because uh, a lot of people aren't out here in the entertainment world aren't just real people and just say, you know, always try to not sugarcoat stuff. You say it like it is, and I can respect the gangster and the pimping. And as far as the marriage goes, um, I don't know if there's even a point in you ever getting married. I just want to tell you that. You know what? The thing about it is, like, if she wasn't married before and had kids and I wasn't, then we'll probably be more in a rush. We're not in such a rush because we've been here, done that. I think as long as we're enjoying each other's company, you know, um, we're not in a rush to do it. We will do it eventually, I'm sure, you know, only because at the end of the day, you know, everything I have, everything I've, where I came from was a very religious background. And I oh, know hell God no. is watching. Michael, no, 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 no. Now, no, hell no. You can't go. Don't bring God in this because God is not telling you to be loose goose and knock down six girls a month. That is not happening. So if it's a religious, once you say I do, you go do it in I, the church and then that's all you do. Exactly. That's why I'm not in a big rush. Don't be in a rush then. And yeah, don't, don't get married until Matumbo stops working then. Well, that's a good idea. Okay. <laughs> and wait, real fast, last question. Um, when you do get married, do you sign a prenup or are you just uh, you know, let it go? See, she's suggesting it because she's like, hey, I don't want nothing from you. You know, I was signing a prenup. She don't, she don't, she don't want nothing. She's not about, she don't care about, she's not about money. She never wanted nothing. She don't want anything, you know. Um, my thing at the end of the day, you know, if, if, if I'm married to, to, to somebody and it, you know, if they help bring in some money, I think they're definitely entitled to some money. You know, but if you came in a relationship where, you know, I came in with $5 million, you came in with $20,000. When we leave out, you know, you take your $20,000, I'll take my $5 million. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so a prenup's happening. She, she suggested it. And uh, I mean, because she, she just want to make sure that I know that she don't want my money. That's probably... Whether or not, I mean, my whole thing is, you know, in my will or whatever, whoever I'm married to, as long as she's that great woman... It will all be left to her anyway. You know, who, mm. am I gonna, who else am I going to leave it to? Your kids. You know? Well, I understand that, but um, I, yeah, I'm just saying you can't leave everything to the kids. The kids have to do, they have to work somehow for something. I mean, I, you can't make it too easy for them because that's when, you know. So I, wait I, I a minute. Want... Wait. Okay. You know, I keep on wanting to get off, but you keep on saying wild shit. So you would rather prefer to leave everything to your wife over than your children? No, I'll say I'll leave some. I would spread it around, you know, but at the same time, you know, I would probably, I would want my kids to do something. I would want them, I don't want nothing, nothing was handed to me, you know. Um, my lady came from nothing. She came from a Civil War background, almost like what I came, you know, I, I, you know I've, I've been through stuff that she, we had, me have had a lot, of, a lot in common. She's worked from a little kid, from like, 10, 11 years old, she worked. Just the same thing when I came to America. At 14 years old, I worked. We both worked for everything that we've got, you know? Um, and I think I want my kids to have that experience. At least work a little bit. Don't work as hard as dad. Don't worry. You're never going to be homeless. You always have a home. You, you know, you, you might have to buy a home, but damn it, I'm not about to just leave you a million dollars for you to just go and blow. You know, this million dollar will probably come with some kind of... um 
You have to probably do something or you'll get at a certain age when you have proven something. I mean, it's not about to just, just put a silver spoon in your mouth because it's going to make you spoil. You're not going to be appreciative of anything. You have to do, you have to work hard somehow, some way before you earn this million dollars and I'm going to leave you when I'm not here. I understand. But the work hard also, though, for the wife could be the same ticket. So it could be the same thing. Because oh, yeah. as soon as you leave, though, all your wife will do is just go knock down the next honey and go spin it on him. So what's the difference? No, she's not that type. <laughs> she's, got, she's not that type. Um, so you think. You know, I'm building a school. Oh, I know. There's a thing about <laughs> it. You, you know, you know which, I know the type of woman I'm with. You know, if God forbid anything happened to me, she would take my money and she'll finish up my project that I'm doing after, which is building schools. You yeah, know, I saw make that. Sure, That's beautiful. She'll make sure my kids go to college. She'll make sure they get whatever it is that they need. You know, I think she was she's very wise with money, and I'll trust her. I'll trust her with everything I have. That's important. You know, that's very important to have a woman you can really trust. I haven't I've not been lucky with trusting women, you know, but this particular one. You, I trust. But you know why you haven't been lucky with trusting women? Because you were being tricky your damn self. So then, therefore, you didn't have time to trust the woman because you were out being loose goose and knocking everything on them. So that's automatically in your back of your head that they're doing wrong because your ass is the one tricking. That's how it generally well, goes. Oh, well, no. Because, and, but th and then this one, though, she lets you be loosey goose of the year. So therefore, you could trust her because you already know the motives in the situation. But most well, of the I mean that's just a sexual part. We talking about like, you know, there's also a money part where, you know, she's more economical, you know, compared to once I've been in the past, you know, it's like, hey, let me get this money. I don't know about a pair of shoes every week. I want this and I want that. Those are the ones that will lead to productivity, you know? So I know the type of woman I have now, you know? Um, she's more responsible with money. That's very important. I would, If I left, Money, I know that money would be used the right way. You know, and in the past, <laughs> my money would be spent on the on Radio Drive. There's but there's different there's different times and different situations. You know what I'm saying? As far as age growth too. So from age differences as far as if you have a dude who's balling when you're in your twenties, of course your money, your plot system made difference as far as your age, because your thought process isn't thinking where it should be thinking. Now that you're in your 40s, of course, though, your finances and the people that you pick, and even the woman that you pick, even what she's on, I'm sure the woman that you had back in your 20s probably are in a whole different, hopefully, growth pattern to finances what they did from when they're in their 20s. That's true. It's possible. You're right. So I, I think that's that, the thing. But still, but, you know, even I think 20s, a woman in her twenties and a guy that also know how to manage money. I've been the only reason I've been, you know, from a kid, I've been very good with managing money. And I noticed my my lady has that same traits of being very good with money. You know, you're not gonna know how to treat a million dollars if you didn't know how to treat a hundred dollars. True. Know? So, but. Once again, it's all about what you install in people. And as far as the knowledge, both of you guys come from different countries and didn't have much. So therefore, you know what I'm saying? If you could, you know, people working for 30 cents as opposed to people, you know what I'm saying, minimum wage, $15, it's a big difference. So there you can understand the value. So then that means way more. 
But then also just depends on who you deal with because some people you may have got in the past maybe just generally just spoiled people and don't really have to understand the value of money because they always had money or they're broke and they feel that they'll never have money so then fucking blow it as soon as you get it. That's but, true, but, I, you know, but, you know, like I said, but when you're, when you're doing when marriage, to me, the only, the only thing that's probably, you know, prolonging me from getting married is this whole side chick thing and women. But if, besides that, you know. Michael, there's really not much besides that. I'm going to tell you right now, until you mentally, especially if biblically, you know what I'm saying? Like, as far as where you are, where you stand, if you come from a religious background, don't rush until you get to marriage because what's the point of the union if you're never going to have one? <laughs> like, until you mentally even the side check thing and what you, if you, since you really believe as far as a religious standpoint, you know, then that's a hard situation to come across as far as having a union. Biblically, you know, with multiple people. But I'll let you go. I really appreciate you. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me. Always real, always solid. I'll talk to you again soon. Bye.